everybody. Welcome to Cigars on Syndication. I'm Robbie Rogers. I'm here with uh, Janae Noir. And today we're going to be discussing the five things you need to know about the debt ceiling. Hi, everybody. I'm Janae Noir. Thank you for joining us on Cigars and Syndications. What are you smoking today, Robbie? Today we're smoking the, the David Off Intenso uh, Robusto. And uh, man, it is a, a, a really uh, good smoke so far. I'm enjoying it. So this is a, uh, I believe it's a 2020 limited edition. Uh, it's a really good smoke. I had it the other night uh, when I was actually up in Chicago where I got these from. Um, you know, it's a nice, smooth draw. It's it's kind of, a, I get kind of a wood flavor and uh, a little bit of a nut yeah, I'm getting that. I'm getting those same flavors. Um, it's a it's a strong smoke. Um, a very full bodied, very flavorful, very easy draw. Um, I believe it's got six different tobaccos in there. Um, uh, from the Dominican, uh, this is a uh, this is really good smoke. And it's got that famous seven hundred two wrapper that uh, Davidoff uses. They use it for the Caribe and for some of the other cigars, but. Uh, this is a very good smoke. Uh, it's pr- probably one of my more favorites. Yeah, no, I, almost everything Davidoff puts out is is pretty solid. They're a little bit on the pricey side, but uh, if you've got something uh, special to celebrate, it's worth the it's worth the purchase. So you know, we're really passionate about cigars, and we're passionate about real estate. But you know, we're going to talk today about the debt ceiling because that seems to be the hot topic right now. And I wanted to go through a little bit about what the debt ceiling is. Uh, A lot of people think that the debt ceiling is the same as a government shutdown, that if we default, the United States government defaults on its debt, it's the same as a government shutdown, or it's the same as bankruptcy. And it's really not. Basically, a debt ceiling... um, So let's start with debt, right? So how does the U.S. government pay its debts? Uh, Or how does the U.S. government pay its bills? So imagine if you were making $1,000 in income, and you had bills of $2,000, well, where, what can you do? Either you have to cut your spending to be the same as your income, which is $1,000, or you have to find some way to pay that other $1,000. And you know, if you decide to just charge up the other $1,000 on your credit card every month, that's called deficit spending, right? That's what you call uh, um, deficit. Uh, that's 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 your debt that you're accumulating because you don't have the money to be able to pay those obligations. So one of the ways they do this is is they just issue uh, bonds and and things like that, different instruments to to get money to borrow money essentially from individual investors, foreign investors, corporations uh, to fund different government projects. Correct. And and because we always have deficit spending in the United States, because the federal government is not required to balance its budget, um, we have to issue debt. Now, <clears throat> that debt has limitations, right? Congress has the uh, the ability to, to limit that debt ceiling and then extend that limitation every time we need to issue more debt. And... Um, the reason they did that was because if they didn't, the federal government would just keep issuing currency and issuing uh, bonds and just cr- accumulating more debt. And they would, and so they did it as a measure of control. 
Right, and, and it's a very contentious topic, and, and it's very politically charged. Uh, do you think you could touch base on maybe some of the differences between, you know, the Republican philosophy and the Democratic philosophy in, in the debt ceiling? Well, <clears throat> the U.S. has about $31 trillion in debt. With that's, a, that's a lot of zeros. Uh, and the last time the, ba- the budget was balanced was under the Clinton administration. Um, but, you know, both Republicans and Democrats have a hand in increasing the debt. Um, Republican philosophy, the old Republican philosophy was that, you know, we, we want to keep spending to a minimal and, uh, you know, we want to not create so much debt, but the Republicans these days are, are doing the same thing that the Democrats are. The only difference is that the Democrats want to uh, not make any cuts in social in social services and, and spending uh, for social programs, whereas the Republicans want to make sure that the cuts don't happen in any military or defense spending um, uh, or um, taxes. Right? They don't want to cut. They don't want to. Uh, they don't want to increase taxes either. Yeah, I mean, and these differences make it really tough. I, I mean, I, my personal feeling is is that why can't you balance the budget? Um, and I know it's way more complex than that. Uh, and and I just it's frustrating to see the different uh, the different things that get tagged along in these uh, debt ceiling uh, increases and stuff like that. Yeah. So just just to give you some numbers, sixteen percent of the current debt that we have right now was added under George W. Bush. Uh, about 30% was, and, and again, remember under George W. Bush, we had the, uh, the Iraq war. So that was defense spending. Then 30% of it was added under Barack Obama. And that was mainly the bailouts for all the banks and the corporations under the 2008 crash. Um, about 25% was added under the Trump administration in his four years. Uh, and that was COVID mainly, right? The COVID stimulus packages, which, you know, the Democrats will will blame the Republicans and the Republicans will blame the Democrats. But COVID spending happened and it happened under it started happening under Donald Trump. Twelve um, percent was added under the Biden, the current Biden administration. So as you can see, they they're equally about, you know, the Republican presidency, Republican administrations and Democratic administration both have a hand in uh, in increasing that debt number. Well, the debt ceiling certainly isn't new. Um, It was uh, first uh, utilized in 1917 uh, using the Liberty, what was that called, Jay? Remind me. The Liberty Bond Act. The Second Liberty Bond Act. The Second Liberty Bond Act. And they set the the ceiling at $11.5 billion, which by today doesn't seem like a whole lot of money for government spending. But in 1917, that's a big number. Uh, In 1939, Congress increased that debt limit uh, for all government so they set a new government debt limit at about $45 billion. And at that time, that was about 10% of the total debt. So borrowing um, uh, was set to at about 10% of the total debt at the time, which meaning all U.S. debt. And that was in 1939, and it wasn't until the Clinton administration that it was actually balanced again. Right. It wasn't until the Clinton administration that it was actually balanced again. And I think one of the reasons that we were able to balance the budget under the Clinton administration is because uh, the economy did really well. And if you remember the nineties and some of the, you know, the listening audience might be a little too young for that. I was old enough. 
to know that the 90s were a boom year. And um, we had tremendous economic growth, but taxes were not low. Taxes were high because we were just coming off of the 80s. And the last Tax Reform Act was 1986 uh, under Ronald Reagan. Um, the 90s, and there was no other Tax Reform Act that happened. So taxes were high, but the economy was booming. So the government was bringing in a lot of revenue from corporations and from individuals. And so they were able to balance their budget. You know, you hear, you've heard a lot about the debt ceiling recently and that we're close to, to reaching our limit and there's going to be government shutdowns. And, you know, the likelihood of that actually happening, I mean, I think it's pretty slim. But, but what are the impacts on the everyday people? So, you know, the United States government has what's called a AAA rating. And um, uh, in the bond market, uh, the AAA is the highest rating. Uh, if the U.S. government didn't increase the debt ceiling, what would happen is that uh, payments for certain obligations, especially the interest that is owed on the bonds that we issue, would not be made. If those interest payments are not made, then the rating agencies like Moody's and Fitch and Standard & Poor's, they would downgrade the rating of the U.S. government debt from AAA to AA or lower. And then what would happen is that <clears throat> investors uh, all around the world would then want higher interest rates for their bonds, for the U.S. bonds. So think of it from the perspective of your FICO score, right? Everybody knows what a FICO score is. You know, if you go to buy a car and your FICO score is, or you go to buy a house, your FICO score is in the 800 plus, which is considered the best. You can get an interest rate for, for an automobile right now, probably at about 5%. But as your FICO score goes down, if your FICO score is lower than six, uh, 600s, if it's, in, if it's in the 500s, then they're going to charge you more money. They're going to charge you 8 and 9%. You know, that's when you start to get into the hard money lenders uh, who will charge you 8 and 9% to, to get your automobile loan because you are a credit risk. Well, I'm, I'm focusing back on this David off a little bit. It's, um, it's a really good full bodied smoke. Um, it's kind of, I'm getting, I'm starting to get into a little bit of a spice, uh, with some, with some sweet hints and sweet notes in there. I'm, I'm really, really enjoying the draw on this, uh, on this Robusto. I'm, I'm really enjoying this as well. Um, it's gotten even smoother than it first did. I'm getting a little tiny bit of spice, um, but uh, I'm getting a lot more uh, of uh, the, like a nutty flavor. Yep, I'm getting a little bit of the of the mixed nut flavor as well. That retro hail is really good. Yeah, it is. It's a really crisp. Um, I, I I do I enjoy the the retro hail. Uh, it's a it's a good this is a good solid smoke. I would I would highly recommend it. So let's talk a little bit about how let's get back into uh, the debt ceiling uh, and uh, what it how it affects people. Uh, so the first thing that people need to understand is, you know, a lot of people will have this argument about oh we have a lot of debt in the United States. You know, thirty one trillion dollars is a lot of debt, and uh, we should go back to the gold standard. I've heard that argument. Um, one of the reasons that 
the U.S. government doesn't worry about its debt is because it's the it's the reserve currency of the world, right? Something like ninety percent of uh, the entire world trades in the U.S. dollar, so it's the reserve currency, and and it works well for the United States because we can issue debt, and in order to make those interest payments, the interest payments are going to be in U.S. dollars. We could just print more dollars. Whereas, let's say, for example, China issues its debt because the U.S. dollar is the reserve currency. China would have to issue its debt in U.S. dollars, and China would have to make interest payments in U.S. dollars. But China can't print U.S. dollars, so what do they have to do? They have to go and purchase U.S. dollars for for the yuan, and in order to make those interest payments on their debt. And you know, we know China doesn't have any debt. But that's just an example. You know, if Australia did the same thing, um, the European Union has its own debt that they issue their bonds, but the European Union will print, can print uh, their own currency. But for example, if Australia were to issue uh, international bonds, uh, they would have to issue them in U.S. dollars and make payments in U.S. dollars. That means that the U.S. dollar is always in demand. So for the the country that is the reserve currency, it's a great thing because you just keep printing more money and just pay down the interest. But doesn't ultimately that philosophy dilute the U.S. dollar? Absolutely. You know, uh, that's one of the reasons that inflation happened in the last over the last few years because they printed so much money for stimulus. The economy wasn't growing, but people got money and people saved it and then people started spending it. And when they started spending it, the supply was constricted, and so prices went up. And that's just simple economics, right? Supply and demand. Well, Jay, thanks, uh, thanks a bunch for picking these David up, David offs up for us. Um, good smoke, highly recommend it. Um, it's definitely, you know, an hour and a half smoke, and you might even want to pair it with a good strong whiskey. Um, yeah, I, I picked these up from uh, Casa de Monte Cristo in Chicago, um, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great smoke, and uh, you know, this is a great topic, and I, we can sit here for hours and talk about this. So, you know, we want to thank our, our viewers for joining us. Um, I have an article on this topic that's being posted, uh, five things you know need to know about the debt ceiling, and uh, it'll be, it's available on our website on www.albanyparkcapital.com. Hit the resources button. I think we went through about two and a half and we'll go, we'll do the other two and a half in the next episode. Hey, thanks for joining us. Uh, smoke good smokes and, and keep investing.